Annyeong Haseyo, welcome back. This is the second episode of the Diary of Korea. Uh, this episode we're going to talk about just the general life of living in Korea. Going shopping for food, getting coffee, going to restaurants, uh, also gym, exercising, and transportation. So I'm just going to go over some of these very basic, simple, everyday life that, you know, in every other country is just a normal thing and same in Korea it's very normal there's not that much difference but I'll just go over some things just to see if it, anything interests you um, some of this stuff is going to involve some pricing so at the moment in Korea they use their money is called the won uh, it actually looks like a W and it's got the line the money sign through it the won is in thousands so one dollar is about a thousand won that's how I do it that's not quite right. Just so you get some basis, 1001 right now is $1.18 Australian dollars. Uh, 1001 is 87 US cents, 74 euro cents, and 63 pence in the pound. So that's just a guide. I always do 1001 to equals $1. That's not quite right. Um, so first we're going to start doing uh, food. So in Korea there are many massive supermarkets. You have your choice of Home Plus, E-Mart. Um, they do have Costco. They do have uh, some quite big, not so big name brands. So all these supermarkets are similar to... If you go to the big ones, it's like... Uh, a grocery store and a department store put together in a, on multiple layers uh, levels sorry so I know in Australia we have Woolworths Coles for our groceries and then we have Big W Target Kmart for our uh, supermarket and, they, and they're usually in the, house, in the same shopping mall I know in the USA you, you got your Walmart and your Walmart could hold huge variants and stuff but and then you'll have your department store stuff in a different location. Sometimes they're in the same sort of supermarket district. But in Korea, the biggest supermarkets have both sections. Some of the little bit smaller, they just have the grocery store. And then they also have the express versions as well. So most of the things are pretty similar price. I find things very even the things that are a little bit more expensive are fruit and vegetables. Apples are quite expensive. Um, some fruit that's a bit cheaper, maybe like tangerine, mandarins. We call them mandarins in Australia, tangerines. Uh, they have these yellow melons. Um, meat. Out of all the meats, the beef is more expensive. Chicken and pork is a little bit cheaper. And seafood. I don't buy much seafood at a supermarket, so I can't really uh, give you a, a guide, but they are variants. Coffee, instant coffee, you know, like a Nescafe is going to cost you about 8,001 for a jar of Nescafe. Um, they do, they love coffee here, and they do have all the pods and the all those options, the brewing, so you can make your coffee however you want. Uh... So everything's in the supermarket, just how it is in Korea, uh, in uh, Australia or America or England. 
or your what you need is there. Some things are a little bit harder to find. Are like I have trouble sometimes finding barbecue sauce, ranch sauce. Um, what else do I have trouble? Uh, cheeses, special cheeses, cottage cheese, maybe some cream, some of that dairy produce is a little bit rarer to find. They are there. You just got to find them and you got to uh, translate them. Um, you just got to know what you're looking for. Also, in the supermarket, you can get your alcohol, you can get your spirits. And actually, some spirits can be quite cheap. I find some places that Johnny Walker is quite cheap. Uh, Jim Bean's quite cheap. And the wine, they stock a decent amount of wine. I'm a bit surprised at the lack of Australian wine. They usually just have the very common kangaroo wine. So, uh, yeah, so that's the supermarket. Then they also have your traditional markets and your street markets the traditional markets is probably what you've probably seen on YouTube or just these old markets that they make some food from scratch they sell their clothes they sell their um, houseware these markets they're good to look through the prices are fine um, if you just want to go and help out the young battlers the little uh, family businesses then that's the great way to support them is just go out and buy so I can't really give you a diff big difference in price they do have the, one of the better ones is they do make their own bunch on like the side dishes and the um, sauces from scratch so that's probably the best thing is the supermarkets probably do, do do have that too but you know you're getting it from the you know the local mum the local dad the local grandma that are making their banchan, their side dishes, the kimchi, the quail eggs, the um, kimchi radish, all this sort of stuff. You can get that from your traditional market. Also, most cities have street markets too. I know in Garyong, the street market was every Tuesday, and it was really good. Like all the local business come out of their shops and they can sell their produce, sell their eggs, and again, the value. Yeah, sure, you probably could get cheaper in the super in the big supermarket brands, but I prefer to help out the uh, local families, and the price ain't that much different. Um, and also, you get your food. I know in Garyong, I was really into a <laughs> really nice fried chicken. It was delicious. Um, one in Jumas I really got to know and like is they used to sell tabaki, the spicy rice cake, and pajan, and twigam. Twiggum is like a fruit, uh, fried, um, they usually do fried like kimbap and then or fried sweet potato or fried shrimp or fried octopus and it was really really delicious and actually um, I used to visit these guys all the time and when my school finished the markets used to be shutting down so I'd go through the market see if I can scrape anything together for dinner and these, um, this this particular tent they always looked after me I always gave them like five five um, thousand one and they usually just gave me whatever's left over so that was really cool the twigum is delicious but <laughs> they gave me too much of it so and the tobacco was amazing but it's really really spicy but yeah it was really nice um, you get your fruit you're gonna see some fruits you haven't seen before uh, the seafood, unfortunately, I wish I knew how to cook all the very different seafoods. They just get them out on the street. You know, it looks a bit weird, but that's what they do. Usually they're iced up. 
and you can get a lot of different types of seafood you, you just need to know how to cook it and what to do with it and then also how to um, decompose it because uh, you need you can't just throw stuff out on the streets you got to put them in particular bags in a particular time of the day, uh, week so you, if you've got seafood uh, and you've got all the carcasses and stuff you've got to be able to put them somewhere until garbage day so that's just another thing to think about uh, so those are some street food markets um, for example you can get apples apples are quite expensive but they're massive apples I'm not sure exactly where the apples come from they are huge but it's over a dollar for an apple but they are huge apples for a bunch of like six seven bananas you're going to cost you about two thousand one so about two dollars uh, you get a whole tray of mandarins or tangerines the little oranges um, for about 5,001 and a lot of the fruit they put in in these little buckets and a lot of them are like 5,001 or 6,001 and you get a whole bunch and they bag them up for you what I do suggest is have a quick flick through the bucket and have a bit of a squeeze because what they do do is they put old ones with new ones and uh, so you'll find when you buy a bucket if you haven't checked it there's some of them that are going to go rotten faster than the others so especially with those little tangerines um, that's good you just got to be a bit of an expert to figure out which ones are going to go off first and eat them first and then you can uh, eat uh, leave the fresher ones later um, so have a little flick through um, yeah so that's just something what they do in the market is uh, yeah restaurants Restaurants in Korea, they've got all your fast food, they've got your McDonald's, your KFC, uh, your Burger King. I have seen a Taco Bell actually the other day in Seoul. That's rare. Uh, they do, they're starting to get some Shake Shacks out here as well. But with the Burger King and the McDonald's and KFC, they also have some Korean versions. I really love Mum's Touch. Actually, Mum's Touch is probably my favorite fast food. Uh, Mum's Touch, they cook the food from scratch. Uh, not from scratch, but to order. So it is a little bit slower. So if you're in a rush and you go there at lunchtime or dinner time, um, you're not going to get your food fast. It's going to take 20, 30 minutes compared to the other ones. The other little difference you'll find with the fast food in Korea is like the French fries and stuff. It isn't salted or very limited salt. Um, which is great because in Australia sometimes I get KFC I like KFC in Australia and they give you the fries and sometimes it's crazy salty too salty it's too much at least here you get it's not salted but me and one of my old co-workers used to joke that we would used to have to carry around salt in our in a handbag just so we can put some salt on the KFC fries so that's one little difference uh, you can get a meal like a let's say let's do the Big Mac meal in McDonald's. You can get a Big Mac meal for about six thousand one, so that's about six dollars. Um, you can get a combo with like chicken and the burger and the fries and the uh, actually they're doing some wedges at the moment. You can get like four or five items and they're charging you at the moment about twelve thousand one for. Uh, a big sort of pack there that will fill you up for sure they do have subway also 
Um, the Korean ones is Mum's Touch and Lotteria. I like Mum's Touch, Lotteria. It's very average for me. Uh, that's just my opinion. A lot of the kids love it. Um, but yeah. And then you got your basic restaurants too. You can go in and get a kimbap, which is just like a, a Korean. It's not a sushi, but they do it the opposite way. So you got your, you got your seaweed on the outside, and your rice in the middle, and then they usually got some veggies or tuna, like a, a canned tuna, or tonkatsu, like the schnitzel, inside. So it's just like a roll, and they cut it up into pieces. It looks like sushi, but it's not sushi. And you can get that from a nice little family shop for about $3,001, 3001 so $3 to $4. You can get ramen, ramen with cheese, very cheap, two, $3,000. Uh, you can get some places do, I don't know, one place, Dolsot, they do give you like a bit of a plate. Um, I can't think what the name is, but the plate, it's got different sections. So you get your meat, you get some rice, you get two, three banchan, so maybe some kimchi, some spicy pickles, and maybe some quail eggs, and you get maybe two different meats. And that you can get that depending on of the meats and the size. You can get that for four five thousand one, four five dollars. So it's quite cheap. So that's the thing, um, as someone that lives alone that doesn't I try to cook, I like to cook, but um I don't have a plan when to cook, so sometimes things just go off. And it's actually pretty cheap in Korea to eat out, to get your big um, kimbap, to get your bibimbap, to get your rice dishes, to get um, twigam, tabaki. There is, it is pretty cheaper to eat out than to buy all this produce and buy sauces and all that sort of stuff. But then, if you buy all that, you can make it as healthy as you want or unhealthy as you want. Um, you still get your pasta. All the restaurants are here. You just got to go find them. And yeah, you just get for the kimbaps and the Korean dishes. Like I said, a lot of the time they won't have the English um, menu. They're just little kimbap restaurants. So you got to go in, and as long as you can read it, you can just guess and you can start to learn which one you're getting. You can read kimchi kimbap or tuna kimbap. So you just start reading it. Um, so that's when you sort of need to know a little bit of Korean so you just sort of know what you're getting whether you're getting a, a kimbap or you're getting a ramen or you're getting a bibimbap or you're getting um, mandu mandu like the dumplings um, so you sort of know what's inside them what you're getting it'll take practice you might read it and think you know what you're going to get and it's going to be something totally different so yeah you can have dinner from 3,001 to up to 5,001 to 6,001 in Daejeon my first city if you listen to my podcast in Daejeon and Garyong, um Korean barbecue was so cheap you could go to these all you can eat restaurants for 10, 11,001 eat as much meat as you wanted you could get your veggies you get your uh, lettuce wraps and you could just eat as much as you could for 11, 12,001 so cheap uh, it was pork obviously the meat's not the greatest of quality but Honestly, once you barbecue up and you add the banchan and all the different side dishes, it is delicious and you can eat as much as you want for 10, uh, 12,000 so about $12. Um, in Daejeon, we used to go to a beef one, unlimited beef barbecue, 
and it would be about $22,000, 22, $22,000, 22,000 won, so about $22, and you could get your unlimited barbecue. Um, you also can pay, f if you want the better meats, it's probably, you're going to have to pay separately and sort of pay for the cuts, and that gets a bit more technical, and I don't know that much. In Seoul, it's so much more expensive for the barbecue. Um, it's a lot more common you're paying for the weight of the meat rather than unlimited. There is unlimited out there, but uh, in Seoul, as close as I've realized, more people are more focused on the cut of the meat and paying for the cut of the meat and making it delicious, which I understand. Um, but if you're on a budget or if you want to not worry about how much you're going to eat, <laughs> you just get the unlimited. It reads as it reads, it sort of reads whatever type of barbecue it is refill refill means unlimited yeah so that's just something um, they do well there are common is buffets buffet restaurants um, some quite big brands there's uh, one's called VIP there's another one called Ashley's and so buffets are quite common here in Korea. I'm not sure at the moment with coronavirus how they are. I think they're still going, but you just got to be careful. Um, they are very hit and miss. There's also like Shabu Shabu in Daejeon. There was Shabu Shabu World. I think it actually got shut down, but it was amazing. For $22, you get unlimited meat, and you get the broth, and you can make the broth however you want. And then they also had sushi, they had different pastas, they had pizza, they had all the cakes, uh, they had stuff so you could make your ramen, you could make your um, uh, seafood, they had seafood, they had everything. And even actually, if you paid, I think it was $24, you paid $24,000, unlimited beer. The beer was very flat and watery, but hey, $24 and you get unlimited in Australia. This would be a crazy price. Um, so there are buffets out there. You just could, um, just have a look for them. Obviously, with buffet, like with any buffet, as someone that's worked on cruise ships, buffets you're not getting the best quality. They're not made to order. Um, but if you want to have a good binge, have a try of different types of food. It's a good way to go. And then also another thing is many of your schools. If you're a teacher, you're going to get lunches at school. And I've always found the lunches quite good. I think the lunches are quite good. Good variants. There's two schools that I've had that serve lunch. You get your rice. You get different meats. And they change it up every day for the month. So that's another thing that you can be eating. Let's talk a little bit about coffee. Coffee. I like coffee. I'm not an expert on coffee, but I like coffee. You'd, there are Starbucks everywhere. So if you're a Starbucks fan, you want Starbucks, it is everywhere. It is the premium coffee in Korea. So you are paying for a, uh, a tall sort of Americano. You're paying $5, $6. Which in Australia, that's that's an average price. That's a normal price. In uh, USA, I'm not quite sure. But in Canada, this is the premium price for a coffee. Uh, and it does taste much better than the options I'm about to suggest next. Um, you taste the bitterness, you taste the coffee. Uh, if I do go to Starbucks, I don't do the iced coffee. I don't know what it's like in the world, but in Korea, iced coffee is very, very popular, very, very common. So if I go to Starbucks, I don't get the iced coffee because the ice, I find, dilutes the coffee and you're not getting your value. 
so usually I go to other ones they do have their oh, names again. they do have the Korean franchises Angel Coffee uh, Peak Coffee Selector Coffee and the prices slowly come down for a nice coffee so some of the Korean uh, big franchise they maybe charge 4001 for a decent sized coffee and as you get down to Mega Coffee Selecto Coffee you're paying $2,000 $2,001 for an ice big iced coffee and this is what I pay I usually do these ones obviously the coffee is not as great they do throw in a bunch of ice in there as well but for $2,001 $2 I think the value is there compared to paying $5, $6 at Starbucks so I pay the $2 and I understand some people you want the quality of coffee but when I'm buying iced coffee I just want the bitterness I want the taste and then refreshing and the other benefit of iced coffee in Korea especially when I'm teaching is that I know the coffee is going to get diluted I know it's going to cool down so I can let it sit there while I do a class come back have a drink class come back and obviously that's not great not everyone's going to drink coffee like that but I can allow that coffee to sit for a while obviously if you're going to drink hot coffee you're buying it for the you want it hot so you got to drink it you know within that first 10 minutes 20 minutes yeah so that's probably why iced coffee is very common here in Korea is that we're always working we can take the iced coffee and we can let it sit there and come back have a drink yeah so I get the 2001 coffee uh, and then if I get hot coffee I'll think about going to the uh, boutique coffee shops or somewhere that's going to have good quality coffee <coughs> excuse me gyms exercising so gyms every town I've been to I've gone to a gym have a look at the gym talk to your co-workers you can go to the big massive gyms and I did that in Daejeon it cost me about six hundred thousand won so six hundred dollars for the year and I'd get you got all your machines there all the weights it's quite a popular one especially after work most Koreans go to gym after work so if you're going in there seven eight o'clock it's very busy but also this one got me f uh, unlimited uh, Oh, spin classes so I used to do the spin classes now I don't know if you know what spin class like is in Korea but have a Google have a YouTube of spin classes in Korea uh, in Australia I haven't done many but on the cruise ship I did a few and you normally a spin class is about uh, velocity and turning the, um, the the spinner and making it harder and getting your heart rate up and really working hard in Korea, the spin class that they had at this particular gym, I don't know if they're all like this, it's all about riding, but dancing as you're riding. So put the music on and you do sort of push-ups as you're riding. You do these dance moves. I never used to do the dance moves, but I just did the spinning and then the push-ups. Well, it's quite fun if you like the dancing, you like that sort of stuff. It's really good. At this other gym, they also had Zumba and they had uh, the... I don't know the name of it, but the rope that comes down, you swing around on the rope and the bungee jump sort of thing. And they actually, they just started doing Pilates room. They had a Pilates room and Pilates classes. 
but I also at my current city and my first city I just did a small random little gym and for three four months it cost me about 120 dollars 120,000 won very cheap it's just the very basic uh, they all have showers and stuff like that uh, very basic gym and but they have everything there uh, so you know budget for maybe forty dollars a month uh, and you should be able to get that somewhere you can also go running bike riding buy a bike there's bike paths everywhere that every every city seems to have their own lake their own little not lake but a stream and you can just bike ride along it um, obviously you got to be careful of the pollution I never used to worry about the pollution but now with coronavirus now I've got all my masks anyway I do exercise with the masks uh, and even when coronavirus finishes you know sometimes the smoky season is really bad here so you probably want to wear the mask anyway if you're going to exercise outside all right and the last one I'm going to do is transportation just just some transportation getting around compared to Australia transportation is very cheap you know to get to your location it's going to cost you maybe between it's about 1501 to $2, uh, 2001 so $1.50 to $2 to get to your where you're going on one trip and that includes some transfers obviously it depends how far you're going uh, like most it's very common everywhere now you can you have to get the card and you top your card up and you can get that from the local uh, convenience stores like they have uh, 7-Eleven uh, GS20 25 CU so all these little ones and you can top them up there you can buy them top them up there so usually I get 20 put 20,000 won on there you have to use cash I don't know why but they always say you have to use cash to top them up so you can't use your cards so that's just one thing use cash to top up these transport cards and you can't top them up on the train on the bus you can top them up maybe on the train station but if you get to the bus and you haven't got enough money on your card then boom boom you can pay cash uh, so you just have it maybe dollar fifty ready a thousand five hundred one ready and that should get you a ride um, so just maybe put that just in case you don't have enough money on your card um, so the train in Seoul is pretty good like it's fast and very regular but the, the if you're going to transfer between trains, that can take longer than your train trip. So there's huge stations. You just got a lot of time. So you might see on the map it's going to take you 20 minutes plus a transfer. But that transfer could take you 10 minutes just walking to the other site, the other station. Um, the buses are very common as well. They're always air conditioned in winter, in summer. I mean, air conditioned in summer. And the buses, they seem to get you everywhere you need to go. Um, I prefer the train, just because I know how long it's going to take. The buses, they seem to stop at every stop. Then also you got your traffic, your traffic jams, your traffic lights. So if I can do it, I choose the train, the subway. If I can't, then I'll take the bus. And hopefully I take the bus outside peak times, because... Uh, yeah, it's not my, nothing worse than getting um, trapped in traffic jam on a bus when you could have taken the train. So, 
So yes, it's a, the main. Pro- I'd say budget for about one thousand five hundred one per trip, and that includes the transfer. So dollar fifty per trip. So it's very cheap for Australia. That's very cheap. Um, just to get into my city in Australia, it cost me four or five dollars each way. So it's very cheap. And obviously, you also got taxis. Taxis are very common. Uh, I, I think there is Uber, but it's not necessary in Korea because taxis are very cheap. Um, they have Kakao Taxi, where you can sort of see where the taxi is. So it's sort of the same sort of Uber setup where you can order your taxi. They come to your door. You can see where the taxi is. You can see the number that you need to find. So you can do that with Kakao Taxi. And then you can order the street taxi as well. If you see in the screen of the taxi, they've got the red light. That means they're available. There's two syllables there. I can't think what it says, but if they've got the red light inside, just above the driver's head, that means they're available. Put your hand out, and they're pretty desperate to take you. Obviously, you need to know where you want to go. And yeah, like a, an average taxi ride. I can't. I remember we'd drive maybe. Tw- 10, 15 meters, 15 meters, kilometers away, minutes away, 10, 10, 15 minutes away, and it costs probably, you know, a dollar a minute, that's probably what I'd say, maybe a bit more, at night time, I think they jet, put it up a little bit, so yeah, maybe a dollar a minute allow for, that's about right, um, so yeah, taxis are very cheap in Korea, so it's very, um, if you don't want to do bus or train, or you got a whole bunch of you, you got three, four of you, and you just want to get there fast, just jump in a taxi. It's probably cheaper than all you getting subway tickets sometimes, um, depending on how far you're going. So taxis. All right, so that's about it. That's just some stuff that's it's like to have in Korea. Um, I will take a break now, and I'll come back and I'll give you the top five things I've done around the world my bucket list basically top five I've hit my bucket list and I'll give that to you after this break feeling in my bones I can feel it in my face I can feel the winds of change You live and you learn And I hope I've seen enough To make something right And make up for what I've lost I was down but things are looking up I want to get high surprised by you want you to make my heart feel as much as I know alright welcome back so now I will talk about my top 5 things I've done sort of my bucket list uh, again if you go to my Instagram living.mln I've put up some photos so you can sort of have a look and follow along to the top five number one Machu Picchu Peru I think many people want to go here 
I got to go there. It was being my dream for a long time. Unfortunately, I didn't get to do the trail, um, the Inca Trail, but because I went there very last minute. If you want to do the Inca Trail, you need to book six, seven months in advance. Machu Picchu, you need to book maybe when I went there, you need to mu- book maybe a month in advance. So if you know you're going to Machu Picchu, make sure you book it. I'd actually book it first and then book your trip around that moment. So that's my suggestions, especially now coronavirus. I'm not sure what they're doing, but when things start to open up again, book your Machu Picchu, your Inca Trail first, and then you can sort of book the rest of your trip around that. It was amazing. It was amazing. Um, you go up. I was quite surprised. You just catch a bus and drops you right up there. I thought we got a hike up there from the local town. Uh, and you walk around. And then we also paid to go up to, I'm going to pronounce this one, like Hawaiian Picchu, the really pointy bit of the Machu Picchu. It's quite an intense 40-minute hike up, steps up. And it gives you the view looking down onto Machu Picchu. And that was awesome. Um, it was amazing. I want to go back again and do the Inca Trail. Um, it'd be amazing to walking through four days and then finally seeing it. That moment would be amazing. Uh, I do hear they're limiting and limiting every year. They're limiting the amount of people that can go there. They're really trying to rest, uh, keep it um, not too run down. So that's good. But it's going to make it a bit harder to go there. But yeah, that was amazing. Number two, city of Petra in Jordan. I was very lucky on my past job working on cruise ships to go to city of Petra. I knew it from Indiana Jones movies and the Transformers movie. The the architecture architecture carved out of the rock and the library and stuff. So I was lucky to go there twice, which was good because the first time I went there on my tour, I was on the ships. You can be a guide with the guests, so I was sort of helping the guests and the first time I went there I don't know what we were all, the last one to leave the boat the last one to arrive and I stayed with the tour guide because I thought that's what I should do and it was very very slow and we saw the main like the walking down the path and seeing the first bit but then I saw my boss and my boss was like did you do this did you do this and I'm like no no you got no time so I didn't get to see actually that photo that you see is from my second trip I didn't get to see that the first time. So the second time I got to go, I think a year later, two years later, I got lucky enough to get on another ship that was going there. And we uh, <laughs> sort of walked with the tour guide for a bit, and as soon as I could, I sort of split and went straight for over the mountain, straight to see the library on the back end and get that photo. And, yeah, it was awesome. It was very amazing, very detailed. Um, yeah, it was a good trip. Number three, the pyramids. You know, a lot of guests. Again, this was with the cruise ship. I got to go twice. And the first time was a bit overwhelming. The locals are very in your face about buying stuff and doing stuff. And it was a bit overwhelming. And I think it really overwhelms the guests on the cruise ships. But I really enjoyed it. Um, as long as you sort of push them away and don't have money in your pockets. I... I learnt the first time not to have money in my pockets for the second time. And just just take it in. I think a lot of people find the pyramids underwhelming. But, you know, <laughs> they're massive and how the hell did they make these things? So, 
I think they're pretty cool. Um, the second time we paid a guy, I did take one dollar with me, and we paid a guy to help us get all the um, cheesy photos, like playing with the pyramid, playing with the shape of the pyramid, doing things to the sphinx and stuff like that. Um, so the second time I learned, I just had one dollar on me just to pay for a guy to do that for us. And then my pockets were empty, so when they're harassing me, I had my pockets basically pulled out, so they knew I had no money on me. Uh, so I said, you could do that. I know that most people won't want to do that, but you could do that. But yeah, I found the period of mids very, very good, and um, just uh, try not to let the local people ruin your moment of seeing the pyramids. And actually, I just seen that they've just opened up the Cairo Museum so I'd love to go back and see the Cairo Museum that'd be amazing they've got all their stuff back and I'm sure the museum if you love history and you like that sort of stuff that'd be amazing Uh, number four is in Italy in Pompeii Pompeii the city that got (laughs) destroyed by the volcano Um, yeah very humbling to see it very amazing sad a lot of different feelings seeing it like that amount of people died there you actually do get to see the cast of people that died and uh, I can't think of the name I'm embalmed no I don't think that's right but uh the pregnant woman she's got the baby in her like it is really sad and I have there's a recent movie out Pompeii from with Keith Sutherland in it and you sort of can visualize it I, I saw Pompeii before the movie but I remember as a kid there was a TV series called Pompeii as well, I think. So that was always in my head Watch uh, when I was walking around. I had an audio guide, so you can get an audio guide. I'm sure they got tour guides too. I just had the audio guide and you can just press a button and it tells you what number, what it is. So that was pretty handy. I totally recommend doing that. Or, or you just don't know what you're looking at. And the last one is skydiving. The last photo skydiving in Aruba. Uh, I've always wanted to do skydiving I've never wanted to do bungee jumping so skydiving is my thing and I finally got to do it about 5 years 6 years ago uh, we went with work colleagues in Aruba and Aruba is a, if you don't know Aruba is a little Caribbean island very south of the Caribbean it's one of the southern I think it's the most southern island you actually can see Venezuela from Aruba especially from the airplane you could see Venezuela so yeah so I got to do that fly up in the little aeroplane I don't know if you haven't been in a little aeroplane it is a little bit scary and you feel every emotion (laughs) and obviously the build up as you're going up and waiting for your jump and I went with another colleague and she got to jump first and I jumped second so again the build up of uh, feeling and and anxiety and stuff and actually uh, for this jump I I put my feet out ready to go and they told me put my feet back in that they want to turn around and uh, turn around and do it again so they turn around and I put my feet out got the countdown and jump and I think it was about 7 second free fall and uh, (laughs) the video is quite funny with the cheeks flapping and then the parachute goes up and you just parachute down if I do do it again, I'm going to wear like bike pants because I just was wearing board shorts, and the the 
harness onto my legs was quite painful so next time I'm just going to wear bike pants so if you you feel that sort of pain with the harnesses I'd wear bike pants if I was you but yeah the skydiving beautiful view beautiful day and a great moment so that's my top five thank you for listening it's actually gone into quite a long podcast uh, next podcast I'm going to do some events and partying I'll talk a bit more about the pubs and the bars life before coronavirus um, a lot of these events and concert and sporting events haven't gone to because of coronavirus so I'll talk about that next and also I'll do a top 5 sporting and music events that are seen around the world so that will do it have a great day peace from Korea bye